The next train to Tangent City departs in one minute. This is an unlimited service that may stop at reviews, spoilers, and swearing. Passengers traveling with young or conservative travel companions are reminded to read the show description before embarking on any journey to Tangent City. Oh, this is going to be funny. So, <laughs> welcome to the very first episode of Tangent City, which is going to be funny because I just stole the microphone from Lewis. Sorry, I just did that subcon- <laughs> subconsciously. Rachel wanted to start this conversation in the middle of the conversation. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 I just want to get a couple of seconds of silence just um, so I can, like, get rid of the fridge noise. <laughs> I like the fridge noise. It's nice and calming. Oh, God. It is. There's, like, a podcast out there where it's just, like, you know, white noise and stuff like that that people listen to because they, they find it relaxing. It's ASMR, the fridge version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. But, yeah, we're in Tangent City, so I guess you've got to just explain what that, what that actually means. Yeah, so Tangent City was born of an idea that... <laughs> What <laughs> the motion that you did? I wish I'd captured that. <laughs> Were you giving birth to that idea? Well, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so it was born of the idea that um, we do, um, well, Lewis and I do Dis Down Under, which is lovely, and it's a great forum for talking about Disney stuff and all the Marvel stuff. Um, but it's also very family friendly, so we avoid avoid saying all the naughty words. Um, there was also the issue where. You guys, um, so we've got Rachel and we've got Lewis here today from Unscripted, and they get to talk about movies. Good to but, be here. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> but they have to do it in a nice, polite way because they're on air on a community radio station. Yeah, we can't swear. I, no I've swearing. said I've, I don't think I've said the F word before, but I've definitely said the C word before. Not that on air. <laughs> Oh my. No, that's oh, the, the crap. Yeah, okay, but crap's not actually because Thomas Crapper invented the toilet. Yeah, that's what I totally meant, but I did get the eyes from Lewis <laughs> and not the sexy come here the eyes. They were, what did you just say on air highs? Oh, no. And so we wanted a forum where we could talk about um, anything as well. Mm-hmm. And so you guys, when you're recording your show, one of the phrases that you use, which I've admired for years, is um, we're packing our bags and going to Tangent City. Yeah. Um, which Tangent City for me is like, you know how you get those onomatopoeia kind of things and because it's so close to to tangentially, it's kind of cool. And so I always kind of like that. And then we've got the gentleman of pop culture and we happen to be sitting with a tangent. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. So that's where it's going to go, kids. Um, So we will be swearing. We will be spoiling all the movies that we talk about um, unless we think. So um, I I believe that we need to – we probably need to announce something. (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) We may or may not replace that sound device. (laughs) I quite enjoy it. It says the Hollywood Tower Hotel. <laughs> so we're welcoming you. It's part therapy plan. Yeah, it's I like, like it. I feel like you're getting something out there. <laughs> you need a photo of me making that face. Yes. I think we've announced that it's a spoiler. But yeah, we're gonna um we're gonna do a few spoiler apps using this uh, Tangent City podcast, but we'll also go into other realms once we figure out what we're doing, but um, today we're going to be doing a spoiler app on American 
Animals, which if you live in Perth is out October the 4th. Um, so we'll probably release this after the date. I suppose we should have talked about that before we went on air. <laughs> we'll, we'll make some decisions about that. It's already out in the US and so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's true. It's January, like in the US. Are you really? for realsies? Yeah. Don't you find that really weird that there's such a long delay with some of these movies? No, no, because what it comes down to is uh, distributors because, you know, there's like the domestic distribution and then there's the international distribution. So it just means that it just took a while for a distributor here in, in Australia to purchase the rights to it so they could get it out there. That's madness because basically you could have – that's that's nine months. That's a lot of months in between um, us getting it. Yeah, I mean, it's, chances are it's probably already out in, in DVD and Blu-ray in America. So if you wow. really want to see it, you could probably just you know, get it from there. But- okay, well, well, maybe we will release this early because we might have a few US listeners. Um, but if you, if you don't like – you know, if you don't see the film, uh, you know, it's it's out shortly. Go and see it because yeah. it's really, really good. And then listen to this episode. Yeah, because, well, I mean, you could listen to this episode and then see the film. I've done that once before. Um, With a spoiler. Yeah. Um, wow. Well, actually, I didn't end up going to see it. was for the- <laughs> <laughs> Spoiled it so much, I didn't like it, so I didn't go. <laughs> no, no. It was for that film that came out earlier in the year with Tony Collette and the heads getting chopped off. Um, oh. Hereditary? Yeah. Uh, oh, that was a spoiler in itself. Sorry. <laughs> a spoiler-themed episode. Um, but, yeah, so I listened to that because I thought, you know what, I think this movie sounds too full-on for me, so I'm going to listen to a spoiler app, and then if I choose to see it, I won't get scared by anything because I know what's coming. <laughs> but I still haven't seen it. But I do plan to see it because it sounds very interesting. But we're actually talking about American animals today. Yes. And this this is a film, like, I, I don't know anything about this film. Like, uh, going into it, Cat asked me on... Uh, Friday, what's it about? Yeah, because I was like, I didn't know whether it was going to be a horror movie. I mean, American Animals kind of sounds like it's maybe going to be a bit of a horror movie. Mm, That's why I was asking it's, you. It's even because the, I don't do horror. Yeah, even the title, uh, like American Animals, it's a weird title for the film uh, because, like, you do expect it to be something really maybe graphic and violent from the title. You do, and and also if you've seen the trailer, it doesn't give away too much, so you're also not 100% sure what it's going to be about. So, I mean, if you had a bit of history knowledge and knew, especially if you're an American and knew about the book American Animals, um, then maybe that would have clued you in a little bit. Um, but this is a based on a true story. Uh, it's so true that, that um, the there are documentary scenes in here or interviews with the actual people who went through with this crazy idea. And the film actually opens with, this is not a true story. And then the knot goes away and goes, it is a true story. Yeah. This is not based on a true story. This is a true story. I think that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. So if, because uh, you guys have seen The Imposter, right? No. No. Oh my goodness. Okay. So the director, but. Leighton, um, he did a film a few years ago called The Imposter, which is about a guy from France who posed as a missing boy from yes. um, America. And so that film um, had interviews as well as reenactments, but it's not like, you know, your um, normal reenactments that you might see on, I don't know, a current affair or something where they've hired some really dodgy actors and it's not very believable reenactments. They're really, like, fully fleshed out. And he's taken a step further with this film and it's a proper, um, you know, it's a proper movie with real famous people and stuff. And then it's got interviews with the people who are involved. So um, 
I suppose I'll jump into the synopsis, should I? Or did somebody yes, else like no, to? Yes, no, go for it. So um, Spencer and Warren uh, have been friends since they were about 10. Um, Spencer's parents kind of thought that Warren was a bit of a bad influence. Turns out maybe he was. <laughs> um, what parents know best sometimes. <laughs> crazy, I know. <laughs> so in this film, Warren's played by Evan Peters, who you would know, uh, recognise from American Horror Stories as well as a few other things, I'm sure. And Spencer is played by Barry um, Cogan who is from, uh, what was that? He was in Dunkirk. He was in Dunkirk and the killing of the sacred deer as well. So quite an interesting looking guy. Creepy looking guy. Sorry, sorry to, you know. Yeah, he looks creepy. He's very intriguing <laughs> in the face, for sure. Just like those little bits just under his eyes. It's yeah, quite big interesting. bags. Well, yeah, but side bags. It's like he's got side hair bags. <laughs> <on his face. laughs> Sorry. Extra protection. <laughs> but um, he's such an unusual looking guy. He it's just is. like, oh, that's how they get sprung because he's such an unusual looking guy. <laughs> yeah, but the real Spencer is not unusual looking. He's quite attractive. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But anyway, I'm sure that's not the reason. They probably just hired for acting ability. Exactly. Not he's, so a, much he's, a, he's a great actor. Like, he, he really, you know, you feel like what he's feeling in this yeah. film. Like <laughs> This is set in 2000. Three and four, mm. and I love that he's even got the little, um, little tiny soul patch. soul patch, and then he starts, you know, growing into a, a bit of a chin strap as well. So it's very of the time. Mm. Um, but anyway, Spencer starts university at what they call uh, Transylvania University in, uh, I think, Kentucky. Coolest university name ever. Yeah, <laughs> so they normally just call it Tranny Uni, um, or just Tranny. Um, so, yeah, he starts his, his college year and gets uh, introduced to the library and goes into the special section with really old books. And some of those old books are like a first edition of Darwin's um origin of the species and of course these uh big massive etched books of the um birds of america so this i won't go into the story of where they came from but they're really big they're really popular they're really expensive they had another set of them that sold for like eight million or something and the mm. one that they've actually got in the collection or had in the collection at that time was the better of the two mm. so probably even worth even more so spencer's like this is a bit interesting so he tells his mate warren um about these books and they hatch this heisty plan and it it sort of starts out like this fantasy football league where they're you know trying to just figure out stuff and they're kind of just you know oh it might be good if we do this but it, it becomes a fully fleshed idea they google how to run a heist yeah and then they start watching movies about how to 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 go through with this heist and then they need to pull in a couple of extra bodies to, to help them with the job. So, yeah. It's just right from the word go, but to go back to the very beginning, the opening scene is the day of the heist. Mm. And so you see them putting on, applying makeup. I thought they were going to be dressing up as animals. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I figured because they were putting the spirit gum on and then he was drying it yeah. that he was going to become old. Yeah. And, of course, I'd seen the trailer, so I'd seen where they dressed up as old people. Right. And so I don't know enough yeah. about, like, stage makeup and stuff like that. I didn't realise that that's what they were doing. So I'm, like, going, are they going to be – is he going to dress up as an owl? Is, <laughs> is that, that what he's doing? Why? It's called American Animals. <laughs> I like making those little assumptions. Did, did, you, did you love the uh, homage to The Dark Knight in that scene as well? 
Oh, I must have missed it. The, when the guy's standing uh, standing with his back to the camera, the other guys pull up in the car yeah. and he's holding the bag. Is that is same same setup of the scene as the first time you see Heath Ledger in uh. Uh, The Dark Knight where he's standing on the corner. I think he's actually got the mask in his hand and then the car pulls up. So it's, it's definitely got to be an homage to The Dark Knight. Oh, there's a few homages <laughs> in this film. Obviously, they talk a lot about um, Reservoir Dogs, which uh, one of the guys, Eric, in his interview says it's not even his favourite Tarantino film, <laughs> which I loved. <laughs> so just honest, wasn't he? Everything yeah. that he just said was so silly but so honest. So, um, yeah, there's lots of little extra bits in this film that, um, I mean, I just loved everything about this film and you've got um, interviews, obviously, like I said, with the guys who went through the heist and then right at the end of my, I mean, it is a – Spoiler, eh? <laughs> um, but right at the end, there is an interview with the uh, the librarian because part of their heist, I don't think they really thought about the logic of what they had to do, but they had to, um, the librarian, they had to subdue what's, what's her. Subdue. I, yeah, that's the best word for but, it. I mean, that's probably what they were thinking of. Like in nice terms, they were just thinking, oh, yeah, I'm sure we can just probably easily knock her out and just pop her in the corner and everything will be fine like they didn't think of the horrors and I think this is like the massive takeaway for me that I hope that people may be thinking about carrying out something like this okay yeah you can grab these books you can sell them for 12 million dollars or whatever but you've got to think about the trauma that you're putting people Mm. through and I think that they came to realize that really quickly like once everything had gone into action yeah like subdue, like they had to taser this woman and then like zip tie her, zip tie her, and you know it wasn't pleasant. Like no, traumatizing. Yeah. And I think the the great thing about this film is that um, they've gone to great lengths to impress upon us the fact that these guys are really quite remorseful about what they've done, yeah. and they're not glorifying the act at all. No, and um, so. Uh, its name's Bart, isn't it? I should keep that detail in front of me. But, um, yeah, Bart Layton actually started speaking to them while they were still in prison. Um, uh, so he really got to know them really, really well um, before they went through with, with the film. And I'm, I'm assuming they didn't get any money from it because you're legally not allowed to make – oh, that's in Australia, That's in Australia. It? I don't know whether it applies because I think the implication was that the – who was the accountant guy? I think um, – uh, Eric, I think yeah. that he'd written a book. Yeah. So I'm guessing that he wrote the book that was sort of inspired that got a bit of the, the movie. Yeah. That's what I understand is like how you know these people can do like a really heinous act and go to jail. Obviously, you know, pay for their crime, but then profit off it at a later date. Mm-hmm. Seems wrong to me. I I don't know if they they did. Maybe he was writing that memoir, but Bart has written he's Bart has written the screenplay. So I wonder whether he's read this memoir that's not been published I was just trying to find out I was just trying to look at that information Um, but Eric does um, he's trying to be an author at the moment he seems to be the most affected um, by the actions that he's taking because obviously it was quite traumatic Um, it would like to inflict that kind of harm on somebody like she doesn't get she doesn't get damaged like physically that much. No, but mentally. But mentally, the anguish and the and he says, you know, all I can hear is the screams and and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah, because he he was very specific that he didn't want to take any part yeah. of that. But he was happy to take in part take part in the act 
in itself. Yeah. Like, so to actually pull off their plan, it was going to require that this lady was going to need to be basically traumatized. Yeah. So he's approving of it. Yeah. Before. See, but he is- just didn't want to physically do it yeah. and he didn't want to see it being done. And so, like, in the movie, he goes, he doesn't want to be called up until, until the lady's been has been taken done. care of. Yeah. And so when he goes up into the room and she's still sat at her desk, he's like, what What the frack? And yeah, because Warren was supposed to do that job and I guess he got cold feet because he realised what he was doing. It's almost like they had this fantasy idea of what they were going to do and they got so far into the job, like when it failed, because it failed the first time, when they were dressed up as, um, as old people, mm. there were other librarians in the um, special selection room, so... Um, they had or special collection room, I should say. Um, so they aborted, you know, these sprightly old men running out of the building. <laughs> no, like, my let's, goodness. Oh, like, like that wouldn't have been like alarming in itself. <laughs> exactly. So Spencer talks about the real Spencer talks about how much relief he felt because it was kind of like this fun idea, and then all of a sudden it was happening, mm. and and then when it was aborted, it's like, okay, cool, let's that's good, let's not do this. Because he was kind of idea. he was looking for that loophole the whole yeah. time, so he's just like, "Well, we need another person. Well, we're not going to be able to find another person, so let's not do it." And then Warren's like, "Oh, I know, just the guy." Yeah, it's like, "Ah, oh, really?" Just kept looking for those obstacles, and he just assumed some insurmountable obstacle would happen, and it wouldn't. We they wouldn't go through with it. Mm. But Warren just got inside his own head. And he's like, yeah, let's. We've gone so far. Let's continue on with this and do the job. But I think once he was there, he's like, oh my god, because they say that, um, that men's brains don't mature until they're twenty-five. And I think this is a classic example of of how true that is. Definitely. These guys are nineteen, and they don't truly believe or understand exactly what they're doing. And I mean, they're they're obviously going to get caught because I mean, the the ways that they're going about things are so juvenile. I mean, googling stuff, oh, you yeah. know. Like, uh, just bizarre. But they also talk about that quite openly in that they were trying to impress each other. Yeah. So it wasn't like it was – like, they, they recognised, I think, the fact that they were acting like juveniles. Yeah. Because how old would they have been at the time? They would have been about 20? Yeah, 19 or 20. Mm. So they started the operation when they were 19. That's, okay. That's when, um, that's when Spencer started uh, – the university because I think Spencer and Warren went to different universities yes. and Warren had um he'd hit his teens and he his parents were getting divorced and so I think in the movie they show it happening while they're kind of um conspiring to have this heist go on but I right. think it actually happened when he was a little bit younger so I think they've done that for storytelling purposes but I think oh, it happened a, a little okay. bit before then and so he was kind of mentally a bit wacko so. But then you've also got – so you've got um, Spencer and his thing is um, that he sort of ties his connection to where it all started was that as an artist he felt like something had to happen in mm. his life to really trigger him becoming a true artist. Yeah, like Van Gogh committed suicide. He had all this these mental issues going on yeah. and he felt like he hadn't truly lived his life and – he says in an interview that I've listened to recently that, um, you know, how how absurd to be 19 and to expect to have felt the full gamut of emotions at the age of 19. I mean, that's just ridiculous. And, again, a juvenile thought that 
you know, maybe as a 25-year-old you wouldn't have those thoughts. Yeah. So I think it, it really does show you that they they hadn't really matured. Oh, definitely. And the fact that he had these weird expectations kind of points towards like some probable mental health issues, wouldn't you think? I think I think anyone who decides to go through with this heist would have to have some mental issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like decision making and like the fact that he was so focused on finding something in his life that was going to trigger mm. him becoming something great or whatever it was that he was trying to trigger. So delusional, though, just the, the, yeah, and there were so many points where you just go, it just doesn't make sense. It's just not right. And like, you know, there's four of them there. So you'd think out of four of them, one of them would have gone, no, nah, that's it. We gotta, we yeah. gotta stop this. I think when, when they finally went through with it and months and months went by without them getting caught and Spencer starts to get really nervous about, um, did months and months is, go by, by after they after they did the yeah, heist? Yeah, really. I didn't mm, because I didn't they went to Christie's. Um, I think they stole it in February of two thousand and four, yeah. and they went to Christie's um, to evaluate the to value the books. It's I so, think in December or November of that year. That is so they had them weird. For months. That is because so, when you think, okay, maybe uh, it, this was in two thousand and four or something like that. Mm. Maybe they didn't have cameras in that room but surely there were cameras somewhere that got a, a picture of their face surely yeah. the the lady who got um uh, captured uh, the, the librarian could have given a description of the, the guys yeah but there's there's a real big problem with with witness testimony really because i mean how accurate is your memory really i mean she in the movie they did really focus on her looking at his face mm-hmm. and it was obvious she was trying to remember everything about his face um, but there is an issue with with witness testimony because it's not always accurate. Who's that? the the actress in there? Is uh, the, the 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 horrible woman from um, Aunt Lydia? Aunt Lydia from yeah. uh, from Handmaid's Tale. And like when when I saw it was her, I was like, oh, this is awesome! Finally, get to see her get some comeuppance. And then, oh, and then, then you realise what you're thinking. Then I realised what I was thinking. I was like, she's just an actress. She's not. And then when I saw it, I was like, I felt really bad. Like when yeah. when she got like you know abducted, kind of kind of thing and tied up and, and wet herself it was just like oh i feel so bad now <laughs> well i i keep thinking you know the librarian's name is bj gooch mm. and i think it stands for billy jean um yeah i think so yeah so she i mean how brave is she to decide to still be part of this movie um making idea and show herself on screen wetting herself yeah i mean because yeah. she's interviewed right at the end and i and she basically has no ill will for these guys and hope they live a redemptive life that's the um because i've just recently listened to a bbc um interview with the with warren and spencer who still see each other they're still mates um wow i know it's well they probably went to the same prison probably hung out you know. <laughs> no they probably kept them separate <laughs> but there was the interesting thing is um so this interview I, I need to find it again um but she had the two guys not in the same room but they were basically um there having the interview at the same time uh. and they were given the chance eric and spencer were given the chance to basically say it was all warren's idea for a reduced sentence and Spencer said, I couldn't do that because I don't believe it was fully his idea. We all decided to do this. It's not like he was pushing us all, you know, to do this. We're all adults. We made our own decisions. Mm. And he's been my friend since I was 10. Like, I'm not going to, you know, throw him under the bus. I, I appreciate my friendship more than that. So I thought that was really interesting. And during the interview, 
the the person who was interviewing said, Warren, what do you think of that? And there was a long pause because he was quite emotional hearing that and, you know, he had a bit of a, a cry. And you see the real um, Warren crying as well when he's describing the assault on BJ. And I think... Nah. <clears throat> I think even though in their idea they knew they were going to have to do this, but that the reality of it would, like for someone who's probably probably a good person in in when you get down to it, they're all good kids. They just did a stupid thing. And I think they just got, once the ball starts rolling, it was just so hard for them to stop it rolling. And I think Warren just got so stuck into the idea of we have to do this, this is, you know, and I think because he was going through something, emotional turmoil Mm. and yeah but I think there's genuine remorse and genuine shame and when he was getting interviewed about you know the assault it was very hard for him to talk about and he said you know I I don't really want to talk about it I Mm. think you know to to have done something so shameful like that so um and he's actually he's gone on to do other things like he's working with prison reform and stuff like that is they, the movie said he's gone back to college. So mm. he's they're all trying to better themselves. It's not like they've just gone and gone, oh, well, you know, we did that stupid thing. Let's just have a nice Let's life. have another crack at, you know, running another heist or something like that. Yeah, they've they, got no interest in that. They all pled guilty and, you mm. know, have genuine remorse. So I think that's – I think the movie does a really good job of, of saying that and not glorifying mm. the act. Could you imagine, though, like if you – I mean – no one sane would ever do it. But if they, if like them, they did, they, they stole the books, they didn't get away with what they actually wanted to steal, which was the massive books with all the birds in it and that sort of thing. But they got a couple of books that were like, I think one of them was, um, uh, Darwin. Darwin's book, um, Origin of Origin Species. Origin of Species, yeah, um, first edition. Yeah, so it got Darwin's book and got another book. So the, the books were still millions of dollars worth of... Uh, 12 million, actually. Was it for those two books? Yep. Yeah. So there was, was, there the was more than those two books. They only showed those two books in the movie. Ah, right. But there was um, a few more than that, yeah. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, it's like... um, And the, they stole the books. They had the books. But, uh, yeah, just for four months. Imagine, like, always thinking that... It was going to drop on you at some point. Yeah. At some point, you were going to get caught, and like, and you think like when they went to Christie's as well, like surely it would have gone through their heads. This is where we're going to get caught because you know the people at Christie's are going to know that these books have been stolen, mm. and they're going to you know see us, and there will be obviously be cameras in that place, so they'll see yeah. our faces. So it, it's like, I think that I mean these are college students. Can they be that dumb? Well, I think it was I really think... not long after that that they got caught because they used the same email address as well to... I think it was the December that they went to Christie's and it was February that they oh, got okay. picked up by the FBI. So you sort of think, well, I don't know. I honestly thought Chaz was going to be the voice of reason. I thought that they were going to go to him and I thought they were going to be like, he would say, this is a bad idea. Let's not do this. You shouldn't be doing this. I thought that that was going to be his role. Yeah. I didn't realise that he was actually going to play the whole thing through. Mm. Yeah. He seemed like a bright, mature kid. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, he his job was to have the, the, getaway, the getaway car, really. Mm. But they all just got so wrapped up in the idea with, without actually realising the reality of what happens if we actually go through this. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, they didn't think of any of the consequences. They didn't ever think that they were going to get caught. They didn't think of the damage that they were going to do. No. Um, and, tra- and traumatizing BJ either. Yeah. 
if he'd just broken out in song like he did in Glee, everything would be <laughs> a lot better. Oh, was he in Glee? Yeah, that guy? he. Uh, I can't remember what his um, role was in Glee, but he's he's definitely from Glee. Because I recognise him from. Um, he was Ryder. The. Uh, Edge of Seventeen film with um, uh, Haley Steinfeld in it. He was the, um, I guess, the hot twin, the, the hot, hot twin, twin brother. <laughs> so yeah, I I thought he was going to be the voice of reason as well, and yeah. it just, I think the reason why it took them so long to arrest them is they probably wanted a um, to make sure that the case was going to be they were going to be able to prosecute them because there's no point arresting them too early. If they haven't got everything they possibly can mm. have, no, they on weren't them. going anywhere. No, they weren't, and I was surprised. I, I really thought Spencer would just like when he tore off the. There was the poster on the wall saying, you know, that these books have been stolen. If you've got mm. any information, when he ripped that off the wall, I thought he's going to call in mm. and say, "Hey, it's us," because at least if he did that, they maybe would have got lesser sentences to because they. Um, Confessed. Confessed yeah. or, you know, um, brought themselves in. Mm. And I thought that would have been, like, they were all living this horrible, dreadful life, just looking over their shoulder all the time, knowing that at some point they're going to get caught. So um, Warren, in this interview, said, you know, he heard the, the FBI announce themselves when they came into the house. And he's like, okay, cool, let's get the punishment started. It was a relief, you know. Yeah, that's how they portrayed it in the movie as well. Yeah, they were all just living in fear. It's mm. like just just go and put yourselves in like you've done the job, yeah. you know, just go and hand the books back and say we're sorry. And, I mean, it, the great thing is none of the books were damaged. They were all returned mm. and, you know, uh, still there. I think that was um, that was reassuring when they put that up at the end. What do you think about the um, what they actually spoke about? So you had – um, mainly Spencer and Warren's story being woven through, so they're yeah. them actually talking about what happened. Um, when they went down a couple of tracks, they'd start telling a version of events, and then like Warren would say something, but then Spencer would say something else, and like and so then you'd have one of them saying, "Oh well, if that's what Warren said happened, then I guess that's how it happened." Yeah. It might have been the other way around. I think it was, uh, if that's what Spencer says, then maybe yeah, that's, maybe what, that's happened. what happened. And then they addressed that at the end of the movie saying, well, Warren said that this happened, but, you know, is that really the case? Yeah, because he supposedly went off to um, Amsterdam to uh, see someone who was possibly going to buy these books off of him. Mm. Um, but no one really saw him. There's no evidence that he went there. But, I mean, that's why Warren says, well, I guess they'll just have to believe me. I don't think he went to the Netherlands. No. And they talk about, like, um, each other's experience. They're like, well, you know, I saw this guy, but, you know, Warren says that the guy looked like this. So is there any, like, we both had very differing points of view. So, like, the truth, sometimes I believe that Warren's truth is the truth. I think it was Spencer saying it. Yeah. And um, he was like, but other times I'm pretty sure that what I saw was what happened. And this is why eyewitness um, testimonies are not actually very helpful when it comes to court proceedings because our memory is so malleable. Like I've I've told stories before and gone, hang on a minute, is this my story? Like Will Anderson was telling this story for months and months and about how he'd bumped into um, Matt Damon or something like that at, in New York and his partner Amy came to his show and she's like, that was me. I bumped into uh-huh. him. That was not you. He's like, oh, 
whoops. So he just truly believed that it was his story because he'd been telling it and then it evolved and evolved and evolved. Wow. You just can't trust, you know, your memory. It's because every time you bring out a memory and talk about it and put it back in your brain, it it's in there as a new memory. Mm. It's like you take the file out, you move it about a bit and you put it back in the filing cabinet, but it's not really in the same place and the same order. So That's a cool way to put it. <laughs> the brain is very fascinating and that's why they really do try to make sure um, that they have a steel, what do you call it, the steel type? Ironclad. No, ironclad evidence that is not based on witness testimony. That's oh, and that's why they always talk about, least, like, corroborating evidence. Yeah, yeah. Mm. They really want to try and stay away from that. But anyway. It's, it's fascinating just the whole, like, to look at it from that perspective. So you've got a director telling a story that, okay, it's based on fact, but actually having the guys talk about the events as they went through yeah. the movie, I thought that that was just, mm. it was a really good way to look at it. And you compared it to I, Tonya. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right, because they do those interviews, but they're interviewing the real people mm. in this film, obviously. Yeah. I think my favourite um, part was when uh, – you had the real Warren and the movie Warren, Evan Peters, both with a, a spoon in their hand mm. and Warren's holding a fake spoon and they're both like making the same expression about to take a mouthful of food. Yeah. And they did that a few times when they had um, like Spencer's telling a story and it's happening in a car but Warren's telling the story and it's happening in a party. Mm. So they have the same conversation but they're in different parts of, you know, yeah. Mm. And I, I love the, the bit where, uh, where they're going – uh, on the, where they dress up as old people and they're going to do the, the crime on the first time, and they drive past the real Spencer and in the in the street, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then later on in the movie, when they're going, you know, Spencer's now still living in the same place, and he's an artist, and he only draws birds and this sort of thing. And then you see him go out through his garage, and you see the other perspective of that scene. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> cool too. I I also love when they're going. Um, as old people, they get out of the car and Warren's like, remember, you're old. And then he starts walking in this really obviously, like, this is how an old person walks. It's like, you are so obvious. <laughs> but how sus did it look like old people going into a library? Sure. But old people going into a university library? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, all at the stand same out. time. Yeah. And yeah. they're all looking around, yeah. like, really suspicious, uh... like, looking over their shoulder. And, yeah, it was. But I still don't understand, like, because we mentioned before how, uh, Warren went to went to Europe to see some people who were going to buy the book, but they don't believe that was actually the case. Mm. It's like if he didn't if he didn't go there, or if he didn't meet the people he was supposed to meet, if he had no way of actually you know turning these books into into actual money, why go through with it? But see, that doesn't stand up because the reason that they went to Christie's was to get a certificate of authenticity, um, so that these other guys could fence the products mm. yeah so, so maybe he did go yeah that's what i was just sort of thinking about when you were talking about the christie's scene yeah unless warren just keeps going along with the story because he has to go along well, with like the story said, like, like once, once you, you start, start a lie you've got to keep building mm. up more and more lies on top of it i mean let's talk about it as a heist movie itself like i love heist movies mm. you've like an i mean on unscripted once upon a time we used to give things edgies because of the the Square, which is not really a heist movie, but it's a, a movie of crime just continually going wrong. And 
you know, that's sort of what happens in this movie as well. They've got a crime and things are just not going their way mm. and parts of it are laughable and it's just like, no wonder people get caught, man. Mm. <laughs> people are so stupid. And, and like as a heist movie, in most heist movies, they set things up and then things go to plan usually. Yeah. There, there might be like a hiccup here and there, but then they sort it out and everything's cool. Everything goes wrong with this heist. Not Be- everything. There was the perfect heist because they did that plan that was like the really cool oh, yeah. 007 yeah. Thomas Crown affair, like just go walking in all cool and everything gets laid out beautifully. And- so the imagined heist went well. Yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that's where those boys were living. Yeah. Yeah. In the imagined yeah. heist. Land. Yeah. It's a lovely place to to, to visit, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I understand it's it's not a not a practical place to be. So it's just yeah, it just blows me away that you know that no point, and it makes me wonder like how often people you know come up with these like you know get rich quick schemes that can't possibly go wrong, but then they think it through and go actually no, that's probably a bad idea. Yeah, I I don't know. I like we all listen to podcasts. I mm. listened to one recently about a guy who stole. $300,000 from his business from an insurance company and he first stole $5,000 and the first time he did it he felt awful he felt sick and he's like I can't reverse this how do I go back I can't exactly you know give the money back it's too late now and then what he says once you commit that moral um, mistake or whatever you've, you've done it once so it becomes easy to do it again and again and again and again and that's how he stole that much money but I mean normal people have scruples scruples and guilt and a mm. conscience so you know i think as soon as you decide to do something wrong your conscience is there to say ah uh-uh, that's a bad idea <laughs> even if this even for the simple idea of i don't want to get caught you know that's enough <laughs> for some people but yeah. yeah and i think that humans like i mean you deal with a child on a regular basis I do. and you know humans really don't grow out of that thing of if there's not consequences or if they don't think of the consequences, they still do whatever they're thinking of or, like, that they've done. They're going to do that again. Because they don't realise the right and wrong and that sort of stuff. I don't think it's necessarily about not realising the right or wrong, but the fact that there hasn't been a consequence so let's do it again. Yeah. They really push the boundaries. Oh, These guys push the boundaries way too far, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. They they need to time out, seriously. They got time out for seven years. All yeah. And like you said, I think it was really great that the result was that the artworks weren't damaged. Um, like, it was really terrible that BJ, the librarian, was seriously traumatised. Um, but she did seem to... Like you said, have recovered somewhat. Yeah, um, initially she was not excited about the idea of this movie being made, Mm. but she actually found the the process quite cathartic Mm. and to be able to tell her story. And then I think it was so perfect to have her as like the final interview. Yeah. I think it really, it showed, I guess uh, maturity is not the right word, but it showed that this is what happens, this is the consequences, this is a real person mm. that's been affected by this. It's not like, oh, well, I'm not going to hurt anyone, it's just a book. But, you know, there's a real person, there's a real person who works there. Yeah. So. And, you know, I know that, you know, in, in real life, like there's people that have had to live through things like, you know, they've worked in banks and, you know, mm. you know the trauma associated with, you know, someone coming in and robbing that bank or that shop or whatever. You know, I just hope that these people that, have these immature ideas 
might just happen to see this movie yeah. and, you know, think twice about it and, you know, think about the consequences. It's like, um, you know, if someone goes into a store with a gun but it's not loaded and they, that's their argument, it wasn't loaded, mm. the person behind the counter doesn't know that. Exactly. Or as a fake, you know, who yeah. knows? Like, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference between no. a fake gun and a real gun. Or the Maybe. person behind the counter pulls a gun. <laughs> Should we murder the dogs? Yeah. The person, the person uh, uh, on the other side. No, sorry, that was a bad yeah. idea. Yeah. I'm just going to recognise that. <laughs> Think the, about the consequences. Yeah. I'd the, probably miss yeah. the little buggers. Yeah. The, the person behind the counter pulls a gun, kills the person with the the fake gun or the unloaded gun, mm. and then how do they feel for the rest of their life? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just like uh, guns th- are bad. Yeah, they, they are. They are. But that's that's a story that's for another, another podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, but. Do, Interestingly enough, uh, during the filming of the the movie, the actors were not allowed to meet their real-life counterparts. Yeah. Which is interesting because you'd think as an actor, by meeting them and talking to them, you'd be able to take on mannerisms and portray them in a more real way. But the reason was the director feared that they would sympathize with them or or play them in a certain light. So they just kept them away from them. That's an interesting study on its own because I think that they matched – the actors really well in terms yeah. of how they were going to portray those characters. I think they did because I think Spencer seems like a quite a depressed person. Uh, Even in those interviews, he seemed quite downtrodden, yeah. and I think um, I, I think he was played quite well. Yeah, and Warren, like uh, the the um, actor playing Warren, it's the crazy eyes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but he was. It just seems so simple. Yeah, he was great. It was like. You know, you could almost see him being the younger version of the actual yeah. guy. So it was, it was really good casting. And I also, while I was watching, just going, man, if they, they wouldn't, they'd never in a hundred million years do it. But if they ever wanted to do another story with the Heath Ledger Joker, he yeah. would be the perfect cast for that. that yeah, role. you know, puppy. <laughs> You know what I like? The bit at the start where he shows off his uh, tattoo and it's like a T-Rex trying to turn off a fan and then later on you see um, Evan Peters in the bath and you see the same yeah. tattoo and it's, um yeah, it's like what an immature tattoo. It's in my imagination. Like in Kick-Ass, I thought the person that he played was rather heavy set. Like he was kind of a pudgy kind of teenager. Don't I don't remember him at all. That, no. He played Todd. Film. Yeah, see, I only saw that film once. Mm. It was, but he's he's also Quicksilver as well. Yeah, yeah. He's Fantastic Four. Oh right? my god! No, 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 no. X Men. Yeah, yeah. Uh oh, I'm in trouble. No, no, no. I was oh my goodness <laughs> to myself. I was just like, I completely forgot about that. Um, he is just a great little actor. He is re- really good. Have like, you watched American Horror Story? No. no. See, I've watched one series, which was the Circus series, and I've tried to – and it's got Sarah Paulson in it as well. Uh. And I've tried to watch other um, series because they're all different. You know, one of them's set at a hotel, mm. one of them's at an asylum or something like that. Um, but the Circus one I just enjoyed because it's it's – you know, they were all freaks and that sort of stuff. So it's kind of a reminder of that era. Mm. Um, you know, it's all set in the 30s. Mm. And he was in that and he was really creepy in that. Is um, uh, Kathy the, Bates? No. Um, the singer, um, oh, my goodness, she's in that movie with... Christina Aguilera. Is Christina Ag- No, not Lady her. Gaga. Yeah. Oh. Is she in that? She's not in the circus one. She oh, was in the hotel one. And I think right. she got an award for it. Um, I'm looking forward to that movie. A Star is Born? Yeah. Yeah, it's got um, Bradley Cooper in it as well. And yeah. it's, it's oh, like you're screwing your face up. You don't like and, Bradley and Cooper? And directing it. 
I'm not. I don't dislike him. I just think um, he was the flavor of the month for a little while there, and I, I really like him in Silver Linings Playbook. But I suppose Serena kind of is that the film that we all should have yeah, walked yeah, out yeah. of. Yeah, it kind of ruined what? it for me. You, I love Silver Linings Playbook. No, no, no. I love Silver Linings Playbook. Mm. I'm talking about the film Serena, which I think is the movie that was... I never saw that. Was that the one? bless you, child. You are very lucky. (laughs) Do you remember that one? It was like the ensemble cast. You blocked it out of your mind. That's how bad it was. It's from that same, like... That same set of people, isn't it? Yeah, so um, Jennifer Lawrence is in it, and originally it was an ensemble cast, but because of Silver Linings Playbook's popularity, they decided to focus on Jennifer Lawrence. No, no, the Jennifer Lawrence, but he was in that as well. Mm -hmm. It's like they put them together all the time. But anyway, I'm not. Oh, was Serena the one where she she had the empire of like chopping down trees or something like that? Yeah, yeah, No, building a railroad. Yeah. I don't know. I, can't, I try not to remember. <laughs> we set the it, old west. Yeah, that's right. Oh, and it was supposed to be movie. an ensemble film and it ended up just being mostly about them. But because they'd only seen, like recorded a few things, it just didn't have enough to flesh yeah. out. And apparently it was a brilliant book. But, geez, the movie. <laughs> I wanted to <laughs> gouge rough. my eyes out. <laughs> Just remove that memory. Have you rewritten that one, taken the file out a few times and reassembled it? I've, I've tried, but it's still stuck in there. I think oh. I think the one that's even worse is uh, Aloha. I think you guys got away with not seeing yeah. that one. Yeah. That was the whitewashed, um, I'm part Chinese, but I'm Emma Stone. <laughs> uh, yeah. Really? Man, I think we managed to actually go to Tangent City on Tangent City. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> it's what we're supposed to be doing. Oh, wow. We've talked for a long time. This is great that we've got this forum because, um, yeah, we can talk forever and you guys have to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> or you have to edit it. Think about that. Nah. Oh, now you edit. just this, put it up. This is complete perfection. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think, like, uh, just, just bring us back to American animals. Uh, it, it is I was a- enjoying our tangent. <laughs> yeah, so was I. But Lewis is like, no, you must keep in line. It's it's a movie that uh, everyone should go and see. Like, it's an enjoyable movie to watch, mm. but it's also it's got like such a, a good moral story behind it. Yeah. Like, uh, and I, I mean, you can go back to like old fairy tales that had all the morals and stuff like that. But this is kind of like a, a newer, based on fact this happened and this is the consequences of these actions so it's a really good thing for you know people of all ages to see i think just and not glorified i think that's that's the best thing about it yeah Yeah. it's very truthful thanks to warren and his simple truth (laughs) (laughs) so cute it's this is my test (laughs) (laughs) trying to turn off a fan Oh, oh Lord. So oh, I loved so much about this film, though. Like, I was a bit hesitant to see it when I saw the trailer. I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like this thing because I don't really like Evan Peters. And I think because I find him so creepy mm-hmm. to look at for some reason. I don't, I don't know. Um, but it's the eyes. It's the crazy eyes. So I was a bit like, oh, I don't know if I want to watch a movie with him being weird and crazy. <laughs> But he wasn't weird and crazy. He was just being a kid. He just had a bad he's, idea. Yeah. And follow through with it. Just a stupid kid. So you can have bad ideas. Just don't follow through with them. That's right. I think that's the moral that we're taking away from that. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think. Uh, don't yeah. be dumb. If you, if you, if you have the idea, because I honestly thought when I was watching this film, because I didn't know the, the, the story, that the whole thing was they planned it out, but they never actually went through with it. And then they wrote a book about planning out this That's heist. what I was thinking, because there's so many um, bits in the film where you think, oh, okay, they're going to stop now. Yeah. 
Like, particularly when they get to the library, are about to, you know, put the plan in motion. And they're all in the old man thing. Yeah, and then they have to stop because there's a meeting happening upstairs. Yeah. And you think, oh, oh, that's brilliant. Oh, so we've been taken on this road thinking that this is going to happen. Yeah. It's not going to happen. How great is that? And didn't you feel the same relief that Spencer felt? Yes. Mm. Because he walked out and he felt like a new man. Like, oh, thank God, this is not going to happen. And it's all over. Yeah, that's right. And then, of course, it wasn't. No. But I felt that relief with him as well because I did sort of know about the heist, but I couldn't remember whether it had gone through or whether it was just a story about these people who were going to uh, steal them. So I was like, oh, So brilliant. you listened to the interview side of things until after you saw the movie? No, I, I literally listened to it the other night. Nice. And then, uh, again, on my drive here to make sure it was, like, fresh in my mind. Good idea. It is. It is really interesting to hear Warren get so emotional about it. He clearly still is quite affected by what he did, which he should be because mm. it was not a good thing, <laughs> but it makes me realise that, okay, he's just a good person who did a bad thing. I yeah, think there are and- bad people who do bad things and sometimes there's good people who do bad things and he's showed like served his time and he shows genuine remorse for what he yeah. did. I yeah. think all of them do. Yeah, that's it. Or were they just portrayed as joy? <laughs> Here's your script. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go off it. Yeah, but it's a great film. Uh, if it's out where where you you are, like, well, if it's on Blu-ray or DVD in America, yeah, yeah go get it. Or, or digital. You got digital these days as well. I'm hoping most people have seen the movie before they listen to this. Yes, good point. Because what happens when I listen to a spoiler episode of something after I've seen something? I want to jump in and talk. And, you know, say, oh, yeah, I love that bit too, you know? Yeah. Well, that's a good point because in this forum you can actually tell us what bits you liked and, you know, what you thought of the film uh, because I'm sure we uh, have a Facebook page or, um, you, yeah, I'm, I'm sure <laughs> Tell that. you what, head to the Gentleman of Pop Culture website yeah. and, and we'll pop some links up there. Fair enough. And then, you know, it's gonna be, have to be tell a closed, us what you thought. It's going to have to be a closed group though, isn't it? Because when you think about it, if people jump on there um, – well, no, all the comments are going to have to have spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, you're going to know. Don't look at it. <laughs> you're going to know that all the comments below are going to be spoilery. Mm. We'll have to give some consideration to that. Yeah, that's a good point. But send us a private message then. <laughs> yeah, send us a private PM us. Just tell us what you think. <laughs> yeah, if you've seen oh, it. Oh, gosh. Um, and, you know, hit these guys up at the unscripted um, uh, Facebook page if you want to discuss the film side of things as well because – that's always a good page to, and you'll you'll see a, a much uh, you know a, you know a smaller review where we don't spoil anything on there as well. So and and we don't swear. And you know what annoys me? I got really excited about the fact that we could swear on this show, I and think then I, I said didn't bugger. swear. I think um, little you said, buggers. You said frick or something instead of freck, the other word freck. Yeah. yeah. Frex is my favourite. I think we've all, like, got the microphones in front of us and we're going, we don't swear in front of the microphone. (laughs) Do you just want to say swears just to take us out? No. (laughs) I I think that would be uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll just go without swearing. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Should I say the C word? No. no, (laughs) Not that C word. (laughs) Oh, I enough of this! Your mind just <laughs> enough of this crap. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's yeah, let's wrap this crap up. <laughs> All right. So until until next time, I guess uh, we've we've been uh, on a trip to Tangent City. Yes, I hope you enjoyed. And next time, you'll pack your bags and come with us as well. <laughs> Bye. 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 I waved. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.